Whether you're after supreme performance, advanced intelligence, or breathtaking style, there's a C-Class just for you. Decisions, decisions, decisions. The 2017 C-Class sedan starting at $39,500. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. It's time for authentic and insightful business talk radio. Chief Executive Radio puts you right in the boardroom of some of the world's top thought leaders and titans of industry. So whether you're a CEO, business owner, board member, or aspiring entrepreneur, buckle in and welcome to Chief Executive Radio. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining Chief Executive Radio. I'm Jason Gary, and thank you for spending part of your day with us today. We know you have a lot of choices out there. And as always, I'd like to thank our veterans and soldiers out there. They are the very brave men and women that protect the very freedoms that we get to enjoy on a daily basis. Make sure you check us out at Facebook and Twitter. Like us and follow us, both at Chief Executive Radio. And we are really excited today. I have a wonderful guest and a dear friend of mine on today who has been in the M&A space for a long time and investment banking world, and really excited to have him on today. So please welcome to the show, Bob Weinberg. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm great, Jason. Great to be talking to you today. Yeah, we've had you on a, a big pitch radio show, and now we have you on Chief Executive Radio, and we're just blessed to have you on. You're a wealth of knowledge and information. You're one of my advisors, and I enjoy having you on Anytime I get a chance, I always learn a lot. I'm sure our audience will learn a lot as well. But before we get into what you're doing for First Boca, I know you're with First Boca and Associates. You can check them out at firstboca.net. Before we get into that, let's speak to a little bit about your background. How did you get into the world of M&A? How did that come about? I'm always intrigued by that. Well, kind of interesting. Um, Actually, uh, during my uh, business career following... uh, uh, some time in industry as an electrical engineer. Um, I transitioned into a uh, small family business, built it into a uh, large family business. And along the way, as a principal, was involved in uh, acquiring uh, other companies, uh, investing in other companies, uh, technology companies, uh, existing companies in uh, our particular space, which was electrical distribution, and um, put together kind of a family of companies, maybe with real estate investments and so forth, a family office before maybe that term was in common use. And uh, along the way, I found that uh, with uh, some other associates, uh, a, uh, an electric valve manufacturer. And uh, we took that from startup through to sale to a New York exchange company in about uh, six years. Wow. Um, and uh, some years later, when uh, I had, uh, quote, retired to Florida, um, my former president, who had bought the company back, came back to me and said, Bob, how would you like to sell this company a second time? And uh, he handed me about uh, 15 letters he had stuffed in the desk drawer, uh, unsolicited uh, offers for his company. And uh, that kind of got me into the uh, M&A business. Huh. Interesting. And, and then you're also in the investment banking space. Speak to your experience in the investment banking world. Well, let's see. We just broaden it out from um, mergers and acquisitions, yep. yeah, which is the core probably of what we do. Yep. 
and uh, we are involved with uh, big project financing. Um, one of the things right now is we're doing about a half billion dollar um, uh, fully automated high tech solar panel manufacturing facility. Um, working on that financing program, and uh, we have other projects, including in the uh, the oil industry. We uh, are involved in corporate finance recapitalizations and uh, major real estate. I think that covers a good part of it. Yeah. Now I'm asking these rhetorical questions because I'm bringing Bob some opportunities in the recapitalization space. And so I know these things about Bob, but I want the audience to find out more about it as well. You know, we're seeing a lot of things happening in this space in terms of mergers and acquisitions. A lot of that has to be due to, you know, what we're seeing in terms of all these baby boomers exiting their businesses and not necessarily having an exit strategy that may include the family taking over uh, son or daughter taking over or anything like that. Um, you know, how do you see that playing? I mean, there's, this is a huge transfer of wealth. I was talking about this with Gordon the other day. How is that affecting your business? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that it's really ratcheting up your opportunities in the world of mergers and acquisitions. Sure. Well, let's take a 30,000 foot view, uh, of that industry. So we're talking about, uh, like a two-tier system, um, almost like the division between commercial real estate and residential real estate in the real estate market. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are the small businesses, which are will define as the ones that are uh, probably earning less than a million in profits, um, and those are handled uh, typically by business brokerage firms. Um, and there you probably have, uh, more sellers, um, fewer buyers, some difficulty in putting, putting deals together, uh, based on the fact that the, uh, businesses probably aren't prepared properly for sale. The buyers are less sophisticated, don't have necessarily the, uh, the funding sources. And then as you transition up to businesses making profits of a million to two million, and then up the bigger the better, you, you begin to fall under an enormous pile of money, uh, maybe in the one to tr trillion dollar area, mm -hmm. uh, populated by three to four thousand private equity firms, as well as uh, uh, family offices, strategic buyers, and on and on. And there you have more money looking for opportunities than there are opportunities. Mm. That's and, very, yeah. And yeah. It's very interesting you say that. And now, is it that there are there's more money than there are opportunities? Or is it that there's more money than there are opportunities that have been discovered? Well, that's a, an astute observation. Uh, Jason, one of the problems of discovery is that if a business is for sale, the last thing the owners of that business want is for that to be public information right. in the vast majority of cases. Yeah. And so now this is this is the game, right? To figure out ways to access those opportunities without 
while, I should say while maintaining the confidentiality that you guys have to work with in, on a daily basis? Absolutely. Confidential confidentiality is really, it's paramount. Uh, you know, our, our, yeah, paramount. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to speak to that a little bit in terms of, you know, the opportunities that exist out there and how to find them, uncover them. And then how do you see Wall Street and Main Street coming together, maybe today versus 10 years ago, because of this mass exodus of baby boomers that don't really have an exit strategy for their business, and then all this capital on the sidelines trying to find ways to deploy uh, their capital into uh, sound businesses that can, can can bring generous returns to them. So when we come back, we'll speak to Bob about that a little bit. And again, make sure you go to Facebook and like us, Twitter and follow us. Also, you can go to Chief Executive Radio to find out more uh, information about us and then all the different guests we've interviewed, like the great guest we have on right now and Bob Weinberg. So stick around. We'll be right back. You are listening to Chief Executive Radio, and we can't wait to see you back here in just a moment. That's a low price! Wow! That's a low price! Wow! That's a low price! How many products do we carry? Wow! 7,000. I'll get him a cart. Hot diggity dog! That's a low price! Staples has low prices on everything you need for your office. And we mean everything. Staples, that was easy. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to Chief Executive Radio. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us. And again, we know you have a lot of choices out there, but you're choosing to spend with us. We couldn't be more grateful. We are here with Bob Weinberger, First Boca and Associates. And Bob is a dear friend of mine, and we've been working together for quite a few years. And uh, we've always got deals in the mix, and we're trying to get things done, whether it's a recapitalization, a buy-side or sell-side advisory, uh, and so I'm always excited to speak with Bob because he brings a wealth of knowledge. He's been in the industry for 40 years. He's considered, he doesn't like me to tell you this, but considered the grandfather of M&A. And uh, he's won a lot of awards that probably back that up. And so it's a pleasure to have Bob on. And Bob, before the break, we were talking about, you know, really the transfers to wealth that's taking place right now with all these baby boomers exiting. And then you got all these private equity firms that you've alluded to earlier on. How do you see private equity, family offices, and the investment banking community as a whole interacting with Main Street businesses these days? And do you see more of an appetite from the private equity firms to get more involved in these Main Street businesses and middle market companies and trying to uh, stake their claim in those as well? Well, we certainly see you know, a trend toward public market liquidity. Um, historically, there have been very uh, distinct piles of money. Uh, private equity firms, specifically private companies, family offices, really looking for companies in the private market with no intention, in most cases, of a public exit. Um, we have seen, a, let's say, a a mild or moderate trend in the uh, in the private equity firms of um, some beginning to exit some of their more successful companies into uh, the public marketplace. Um, and beyond that, uh, we've we've seen some relief in the regulatory constraints uh, between operating in the private 
and public market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a, a long period where um, effectively the regulatory constraints pretty much said if a sale of a company was for stock, you know, be it a corner lemonade stand <laughs> or a major <laughs> business, it had to be handled by a, uh, a broker-dealer uh, registered with the SEC. Uh, they weren't even interested in looking at many of the businesses in the small to mid market. So it was a pretty inappropriate regulatory structure. And there have been some modifications to that in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How does that directly tie into what you guys are doing at First Boca? What, what interactions are you seeing out there that you're able to participate in that that is, 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 is indicative of what you just said. Well, I think it, it allows us, we look at, at each transaction because we, we have inconsistency in state laws. We have to go state by state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the number exactly. I think about um, 18 states required some sort of business brokerage license but then there was a second look at M&A transactions and equity transactions from the state um, securities commissions. And then you had the federal uh, uh, SEC regulatory commissions overriding all of that. Mm-hmm. So each uh, transaction in a given state, we have to study to make sure that we're in regulatory compliance being involved in that transaction. Hmm. Where do you see all the, you know, in, in terms, I mean, this is an exciting time. Where do you see some of the trends going over the next three to five years in terms of M&A, in terms of capital formations inside of companies and exits and, and, and even companies seeking to maybe even go public? I mean, do you see an uptick in the level of activity because of, you know, the new regulatory uh, relaxation uh, that you're talking about or that because of the baby boomers that are exiting their businesses, are you seeing an uptick and do you see uh, a greater level of activity coming down the pipe? Well, certainly uh, a reduction in long-term capital gains will uh, make it more attractive for uh, owners of businesses who want to exit to exit without uh, uh, sustaining, you know, a major tax hit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing. The other uh, trends toward uh, easing up on some of the re- regulations, you know, I just told you what we have to go through as a, a business in trying to deal state to state with similar transactions. There should be some uniformity in regulations where we could be, you know, duly licensed and be able to work in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, it's, it's really interesting to see all this play out real time. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked to so many people and they're really excited about the future and, you know, really want to, and, and, you know, you tie in, we talked about this before you tie in with the jobs act and title four. And, you know, now you can raise capital from non-accredited investors 
Um, and it's really interesting to see all that play out. And I imagine that has a direct effect in what you're doing on a daily basis. What do you hope to accomplish with First Boca over the next five years? What do you see? Where do you see your company going? And and how do you see the landscape of what you're doing changing? Well, we're probably going to be um, growing the structure of of our uh, business operation um, by bringing in additional uh, people who are probably skilled in their their own business experience in uh, mergers, acquisitions, financing, and so forth, so that we can handle um, more clients. We're, uh, I think as you've probably experienced, we're already uh, running against a, uh, you know, an overload of opportunities. Bust it at the seams, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The they are too. I mean, he's not making that up. You know, a lot of people get out, you know, out there and get grandiose around what's really going on, but he's, he's not kidding. They are really bust. I think that a lot of that's attributed to, you know, the integrity your business has upheld over the last 40 years, Bob. And I, a lot of kudos goes to you guys for that because uh, sometimes integrity in any environment, you know, any vertical or, or, or industry sometimes comes in short supply. So it's always great to speak with somebody that I know uh, uh, runs a very, very uh, legitimate, healthy, viable um an honest and integrity filled business like first spoken associates. Um, I know you got another call to get to You're back to back to back. So I don't want to keep you, but please tell people where they can find out more about you. Well, probably our, our website, which is, uh, first net, And, uh, that would be just spelled out F I R S T B O C A.net. And, uh, we would be happy. No obligation to talk to anybody about uh, their business interests and see if we could contribute. I think as Jason knows, we've won an embarrassing number of uh, national uh, awards for performance in this area. And we'd be happy to share that knowledge. Well, I thought, I also think it's worth mentioning too, that you guys don't charge any upfront fees, right? Uh, that's right. We're, we're happy to have the relationship with our, with our clients and if we take on an engagement, we're more than adequately compensated uh, on the success side. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Bob, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on Chief Executive Radio. We appreciate that. And I know you'll join us again sometime and give us updates and keep us informed. And I know our audience will be uh, quite grateful for the information and insight that wisdom that you were able to impart on them today. Thank you so much for coming on and, We appreciate you spending part of your day with us as well, Bob. Always a pleasure, Jason. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Chief Executive Radio. And if you want to hear more, head on over to ChiefExecutiveRadio.com.